Okay. Chodesh Tov. Bezat Hashem. Before we start, we're going to be doing Torah Kaf Dalit, Lesson 24, Siv Gimel. But uh, we have to go into a little Shabbat Zachor, as Rav Nosen explains it, based on this Torah. Rav Nosen says that Zachor, it's in Halacha, you have to have in mind that you're doing a mitzvah ase of Mechiat Amalek. You're eradicating, erasing Amalek. What are you erasing? The Zecher Amalek. What is the Zecher? Zecher is in the mind, the Zikaron, right? Rabbeinu brings this down. Ktov Zot Zikaron Besefer Vesimbe Oznei Yoshua Ki Macho Emche Et Zecher Amalek Zikaron is the memory because where does Amalek attack? He attacks in the head. The Amalek today is not just a physical Amalek. The Amalek is the Bilbulim that he brings you in your head. All the doubts, because Amalek has Gemar Safek, okay? All the confusions and doubts that you have about Hashem, about Hashem's guiding the world, Hashem's Ashgacha over Teva, okay? This is what Amalek is doing. This is what we're looking to erase. Rav Nosen says that on Shabbat Shkalim, what did we do? If you remember, we spoke about this. We activate the Simcha due to the Korbanot and the Ktoret, because the Ktoret and the Korbanot, their main uh, what's it called? Effect is to bring simcha into the world. It's a pasuk. Uktoret yisamach lev. Uktoret brings simcha. That's the whole thing we're speaking about in, the, in these classes now. Is that the main attack of Amalek and anything bad is to break Am Yisrael simcha. The whole spitz, the whole goal of everything is to feel joy in connecting to Hashem. All the psukim of simcha. So that's the goal. When, when we have like a salvation and this and that, what does it lead to? What's the, what's the climax? It's the joy. The goal, the goal is when Mashiach comes also, what's going to be, right? Right? We're going to be coming out of Simcha. The whole goal is joy. Okay? So he says, Rav Nosen, on Shabbat Shkalim, what do we do? By the, by, we're just learning the Parsha, going over the Parsha, reading it B'Tzibur on, on, on Shkalim, right? So we activate the, what the Shkalim went to. That was towards the Korbanot and the Ktoret, because that's what the Shkalim went to. And both, he says, Rav Nosen, Korbanot and Ktoret, their goal is to bring Simcha into the world. It's amazing. You'd think, okay, it comes to the Mechaper and this and that, and Rav Nosen, he looks above everything else. Finally, 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 what, what's the bottom line of everything? Simcha. It's the goal is Simcha, automatically, okay? So Shkalim, that we read two weeks ago, was to bring in the Simcha that we so badly need as a preparation for Purim. Okay, then as a result of Shkalim, now we can do right before Purim Shabbat Zachor. We wait for the Shabbat in Halacha. There's an intermission normally between Shkalim and Zachor, like like it is this year, right? We wait to make it the Shabbat as close as possible to Purim, so that Haman, who's Amalek, who's accumulating his power to fight back, because like Rabbi Nachman teaches, when the evil sees that it's about to be finished, so it gives its biggest strength and its final punch. The way always of the Yetzirah, when he sees there's about to be a downfall, so he gives. So what do we do? We wait for the last Shabbat before Purim, which is then Zachor. It's not like two weeks ago. It's this Shabbat, the one right before Purim, so that Haman, Amalek, they, they know they're going to be finished. They know they're going to be wiped out, okay? On Purim, Bezat Hashem, totally. Already Shabbat Zachor is remembering it, the beginning of the Mechiyah. So what they do, what the, the, the Yetzirah, we will allow him to accumulate. You want to accumulate? No problem. We give you the last Shabbat before Purim. 
So this explains the buildup of heaviness you would you experience in the beginning of Adar. What's going on? And we're going through crazy things. There's a war right now. This, everyone's going through their personal war. What's happening? This is the accumulation of Haman Amalek before his, his downfall. So if Nosen says, on Shabbat Zachor we erase Haman Amalek. What are we erasing of Haman Amalek? Like we said, the memory. But in particular, Haman Amalek's main thing is to induce people with sadness. Why is that? Because the whole thing of Haman Amalek is to deny Hashem. Haman is gematria tzav. Okay, 96, Haman. And ain't tzav ela avodazara. It's a famous uh, gemara. Ain't tzav el, el, ela avodazara. It's amazing this week's parsha. Right after Purim is parsha tzav, right? Am I correct? Tzav is right after Faikra? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's amazing how it fits in. Tzav, Rashi says, ain't tzav ela zvizut. That's how Rashi opens up parsha tzav. But in the opposite, tzav is also avodazara. It's much the timing is unbelievable. Haman is gematria tzav. Tzav is the idea of Avodah Zarah. What's Avodah Zarah? What's again? Avodah Zarah. I don't know the core off by heart. I saw it. I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Why, why is Lishan Tzav? Because it's fast? You want to go over there? It's a, it's a Gemara. I'm trying to, I, I, listen, I, re- I read it out, outside. I want to go back into the details. If you, anyone knows the Gemara, you can bring it up. You know the Gemara, maybe? You brought it down? It's a Gemara that says, Ain't Tzav Ela Avodah Zarah. It's also, in, it's, it, it's connected to the Mishnah in Masachat Shabbos. Tomarlo, right? About the the at the end of the Mishnayos in Masechet Shabbos, there's a there's the idea of Nida Mitamek Avodazara Tomarlo. It's something connected to that Gemara there. I have to look into it. Bezet Hashem. Just except for now, it's a Chazal Ein Sav El Avodazara. We'll get back into it. Bezet Hashem. Okay? What is Avodazara? Avodazara is the exact opposite of Hashem. The exact denyance of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. What's Hashem? Hashem for us is our service to Hashem, meaning we're doing things in this world for the world to come, for the ultimate goal of life, which is to connect to the or and solve the infinite light, which is not something tangible in this world. Avodah Zarah is the exact opposite. Avodah Zarah is to make you feel accomplishment and advancement in this world. Big house, wow, my business is building, my, my social media is advancing, or a person has a feeling of accomplishment, okay? This is more connected to this world. The danger about this, by the way, is that this f- flows into Yiddishkeit. Oh, I'm finishing my shas. In other words, I have achievement that's overpowering me, it's overruling me, as opposed to the attitude that whatever I'm doing, I'm still with shiflut and anivud. I'm still with humility and modesty and i just accepting that Hashem is ruling and He's in charge and I'm going step by step but I don't look at the accomplishment. They say, for example, there was a nice analogy. The guy who's walking on the, you know, in the circus, the guy's walking on the tightrope, right? And he has the long stick and the audience is going, if for one second he looks at the audience, he'll fall, he's dead. <laughs> if for one second he loses concentration, he falls. So that's the same thing. When you are studying Torah, when you're doing, right? You have the accomplishment side. Wow, way to go, way to go. Another second. Wow, way to go. A hundred blood Gemara. Way to go, way to go. Like you're advancing, okay? And it's driving. It's a driving force. And there's, I have, all I have in my life is today. What I have to do today. And that's all I'm looking at. I'm just looking at what I have to do. Not the accomplishment part. I go to sleep and wake up in the morning. If I focus on the accomplishment part, I'm going to get carried away. This is Haman Amalek. Believe it or not. The accomplishment part, even in Kedusha, 
can so sidetrack you to forget your goal. Your goal is to finish us, or your goal is to serve Hashem. What's your goal? Okay, I, I'm finished us, serve Hashem. But where you where are you looking? Where are you looking? Are you looking just at wow the pages and the masech that I have the nice set on the shelf and I and I'm so honored and so wow, I finished and everything? Mm-hmm. Or what was that? What was that for? That was to bring you closer to Hashem. Did it do the job? Are you there? Are you connected? Or you just got stuck with the accomplishment? Are you looking at the audience? Wow, look at that. Or are you focusing on what you have to do? Okay, this is Haman Amalek. That it gets you that your simcha is, is dependent on accomplishment. What's the danger? Is that when you have setbacks in your accomplishment, how do you feel? You feel miserable. You feel terrible. Oh, it didn't work out and this and that. Even in Kedusha, okay? Koshaken, all the more so in this world. But when you feel mamash, like setbacks and failures, in your accomplishments, okay? So that's atzvut. So Haman Amalek can't be true simcha. Because his thing is to make that teva makes a difference. And if now teva is the thing, so automatically teva means accomplishment. I'm getting somewhere, I'm advancing in this, I have a house and a business, and I'm doing things and doing and doing and doing and doing. You know, the big tzaddikim who are big balet tzedakah, what do they have in their head? What's the whole thing? How much tzedakah can I give to here? How much? There was, they're bringing money, but they're not looking at that. They're looking now, so who, which, who am I going to help this year? Like, we're going to help this Pesach campaign and this and that, all these things. Their head is to, that's, that's amazing. I saw a few grim like that, a few wealthy people, that they have such, they feel like they're under your feet. They feel like, under, like you know, they have such a submission, because in their head, they're not working for their accomplishment, they're working to serve Hashem. To give tzedakah, they see their mission to help Am Yisrael, and it's up to Hashem. With the, the, the rest is Hashem's story. It's not my story. It's not the honor and the kavod. It's now getting things done to help Am Yisrael, to help things move with Hashem for what, what Hashem wants, for the Ratzon of Hashem period. There are amazing people like that in the world, Baruch Hashem. Not everybody is just like uh, money, 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 and the honor. Not everybody's like that. There's, there's still good people in the world, Baruch Hashem. Okay? So going back, so we have. What's supposed ha- to get you happy? What? What's supposed okay, to exactly. Good. True happiness is Simchat Mitzvah. Okay? Haman Amalek tries to take that simcha and put it not in the mitzvah, put it in the teva. Rav Nosson's example that he brings, which you don't see so much really, I mean, it's out there, but we're, we're not exposed to it, is those people who interpret the Torah according to rationalistic ideology. For example, Rav Nosson makes fun of them. They were more prominent, I guess, in Rav Nosson's time, and they're probably still prominent today, but we don't see them. They're not around. I unfortunately had a teacher, I learned in a very uh, open school, and the teacher of Tanakh, crazy and in the Chumash was explaining every stage of the Sne and Moshe Rabbeinu everything according to theology and philosophy it drove me nuts it was like crazy everything was like uh, what's the significance and everything and he wanted us to go towards that direction that's wrong that's wrong there's the Chumash Rashi Emuna. period okay on that we build yes but the first foundation is I'm accepting with Emuna what's written in the Chumash and what how Rashi is explaining and then I build my Chidushim but here no we're starting off the initial explanation of the Torah is something that makes sense it's something which is theological and rational so for example if Nosan brings the example of, of those guys in his time they were explaining rationally the mitzvah of Sukkah he makes so much fun of them. He says, why the mitzvah of sukkah? Because the air is nice outside, and it's good to sit out outside. Rav Nassim says, yeah, my foot. You want, you want good air? Stay at home. When he's going outside, when it's beginning to get chilly and everything. And if you want to be so comfortable outside, and that's the, the whole mitzvah of sukkah is rational, because we have to be outside, outdoors, you know. So then, why don't you make 
the nice schach, like the, the rich people have, where they have, you know, they buy those nice, uh, you know, they have uh, the chairs with the nice big, what's it called again, the big umbrella. You know, it's made, it's made of pishtan, uh, it's made of flax, it's made of linen, it's stronger. Use a good strong material. Why do I have to take psolet, gorn, vayekev, schach, you know, that can leak in and, 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 and afterwards rain can come in? Make something which is more practical. What, what, what do you explain the mitzvah on a rational level? Rabbi says, this is Haman Amalek, where they take the Torah and they explain it according to this world. There can never be true simcha during the mitzvot. True simcha is when a Jew, any Jew, he does a mitzvah and, it, and he believes that this is connecting me to HaKadosh Baruch Hu at the highest of levels. Okay? It's only emunah period. Only emunah. Haman is against that. Haman is to give the rationalization of my Judaism. Unfortunately, there are many people like that. Their Judaism is all rational. It has to be explained and rational in order for them to accept it and everything. Why should I start wearing a kippah after understanding and everything? Why should I start taking shabbos and everything after start understanding? Where's the emuna? You'll never, the person, such a person, even if he does get to committing to Torah observance, he'll never be happy. Because he's using this world to explain the Torah. This person can never have true simcha. Because he's using this world, which in itself is atzmut. This world in itself is sad. We said this in the very beginning of these classes. The only true simcha in this world is that we're able to use this world to do mitzvah, to connect this world to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that draws the simcha of the future world, of the of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of the Orient Sof, into this world. That's what brings simcha. What brings a Jew simcha is something which is concrete in the, mit, in the Torah. In other words, in my connection to Hashem. That's what brings me true joy. That is the unexplainable simcha that Am Yisrael is able to maintain. That's what everyone's amazed about us. We're around so long. We've gone through so much suffering, so much pogrom, so much galut and difficulties and everything. And yet, Jewish people are still holding on to simcha. Everyone's going through what they're going through in their personal challenges. But Am Yisrael as a whole keeps on going on. We're continuing. And, and in order to continue, there has to be some enjoyment in simcha and doing it. If now... A person raises his children, he's always screaming and upset and everything. And he sends them to Cheder, but he's like, and everything. There's no future, forget it. It's, gonna be, it's, not, it's not gonna continue. There has to be a simcha and, and a, 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 a cheshek in what we're doing in order for there to be continuity. That's what's happening with Israel. It's because of the mitzvot with their spiritual significance, not the worldly significance, that gives us the ability to continue. We, on this Shabbat, are wiping out this Amalek who's trying to do that. He's trying to rationalize our Judaism, to give everything a rational, rational, a rational understanding and a shape and, and, and a, what's it called, a cubicle, uh, a tzimtzum based on this world, which will guarantee that you won't be happy in your Judaism anymore. You won't be happy in your Yiddishkeit, you won't be happy with yourself because he's using accomplishment as his means to break you. Ah, he didn't do this, he didn't do that. That's also Haman Amalek. If you know that everything is Ratzon Hashem, okay? The, 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 it's a real truth. If you know everything is Ratzon Hashem, there's no room for you to get upset in life. The reason why you're upset and things, things are not working out is because a person got sucked into the Teva mentality due to Haman, Avodah Amalek, or you name it, okay? So this Shabbat, we're blotting that out. Shabbat Zachor, is to get that out. Because once that's out, you can truly be besimchan Purim. That's why Shabbat Zachor comes before Purim. So that now I can mamash be happy 
about just the connection to Kadesh Baruch Hu. The Simcha of Purim is the Simcha of the miracle that we blot out Haman and everything, and the, the, the Amisa was saved. But it's on a personal level that this Simcha is that I can take it with me, that I have this connection with Hashem with no pressure from Hanama Amalek. So it's a big Shabbat. The Shabbat is a big Shabbat Zachor as a preparation for, for Purim. But it's Rav Nassim says it's thanks to Bezat Hashem. The, the Shabbat before that, the Shkalim, the two weeks before, okay? One more point from the Megillah. Um, we said last time, you remember? I think we spoke about it, that, it sh- that Mordechai saw that there was going to be a future uh, redemption. We spoke about that, didn't we? Did we speak about Mordechai and David? No. Okay. No. Rashi says on Megillah at Esther, there are two tzaddikim who were given a foretaste that there's going to be a future salvation. Okay. Rashi says this. We spoke about it. Yeah. So we didn't speak about it. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> okay. One point we didn't mention is Mordechai knew there was going to be a Yeshua, but he had no idea how. He had no idea how, because all the odds were against him, against Am Yisrael. He had no idea how there's going to be a Yeshua. So Avram Rebbe Nachman, who wrote a book called Koch Vior, a breast liver, fourth generation, fifth generation breast liver, he writes that this is how it is for every Jew. You need a salvation big time and you have no idea where it's going to come from. That's how it is in life. Like the Balatanya says, from where you don't expect, from where I'm not looking at all, from nothing, that's where the, the salvation comes from. So what to do? Like Mordechai did, he did two things, okay? First is Vaizak Zakak Dolamara. He screamed and got Amisrael to scream from their kishkas. And that's what happens normally when a person's under a lot of pressure. And you reach a point where you don't know what to do anymore. That you like you raise your hands. Like this in Hebrew, I raise my hands. I have no more koach to do anymore. When a person reaches that point, normally a person is then able to express what's really in his heart because the situation is way up there and all the way down here. I don't know what to do. So that pushes a person to cry to Hashem. This is why Rav Nassim says we have Ta'anit Esther right before Purim in order to enable you to let out what you're going through through the Slichot of, of Ta'anit Esther and the fast itself to make you feel this pressure to let out what's built up inside you all year round to let it out. That's a very powerful day your Ta'anit Esther to express. And then the whole miracle of Purim with the Simcha that Mordechai got the Jews to be happy and to make sure that Purim will not be erased, that Purim will be, Purim, in other words, Mordechai pushed Esther to make sure that the Purim story stays for Am Yisrael forever. Even though there's many, there were many miracles and communities in the Jewish world, but this story of Purim was a, one that has a re- relevance to every Jew, no matter where and when. It was like a community thing, it was a worldwide thing, because the message and how it happened is for every Jew, no matter what, right? Right, to make known all those who turn to Hashem, who have put their hope in Hashem, they won't be put, they won't be put to shame. Shame and, and there's a klima and busha in English, they sound the same, but they're different meanings. Klima and busha. They won't be put to, to shame and embarrassment all, forever, those who, who, uh, who turn to you, Bezat Hashem. So this is the power of Purim. The power of Purim is to show that there's hope for everybody, basically. Not for just the people, ah, you were born rich, ah, you were born smart, you had a good brain, that's why you're so advanced and you're so... Not just for the big people, 
Okay? But every Jew, whatever they're going through in life, and they feel stuck, and they feel dejected, there's hope. I don't know if we mentioned the Midrash last week, we read the Midrash Tanchuma, about a soul before it comes down to the world, maybe I don't know if we mentioned it. The Midrash Tanchuma says something amazing. That before Hashem puts a drop into the human body for reproduction, he calls the angel in charge of the drop. His name is Laila. You know, we have the evil one called Lamed Yud, Lamed Yud Tav, but this is a good angel. The angel is called Laila, night, because that's the main time when there's cohabitation and when someone is produced into this world. It's at nighttime, okay? So his name is Laila, and Hashem uh, tells the angel, Laila, to prepare the neshama into the drop, okay? So he prepares it by breaking it into 365 sections, okay? That's according to the Radashasa Evarim. And then he brings it back towards Hashem. And he says, Okay, Hashem, I did what you told me. So the Hashem, before he sends down this neshama into the, into the drop, okay, Hashem decides already if he's going to be rich, if he's going to be poor, if he's going to be good looking, if he's going to be ugly, if he's going to be, you know, well, like I said, rich, poor, all the, all the ma'alot. The one thing that Hashem doesn't touch is if he's going to be a tzaddik or rasha, that Hashem leaves to the person. But everything else, if he's going to be crippled or healthy, all the things Hashem predetermines, okay? So that means the way a person is, is the maximum. People feel, oh, scared. he's born missing an arm. Oh, he's born like this, and, he, and he's born an orphan, and he lost this. A person feels like the chesaron, so he has a chesaron, okay? The real truth is Hashem purposely designed him already before he sent him down with what seems to be a chesaron. It sounds nicer to be rich. It sounds nicer to be good-looking. It sounds nicer to be healthy and all that stuff, right? But Hashem purposely designed the person that way so that a person should understand this is not a chesaron. You know, many cases, when you see the guy in the wheelchair, a boy, a 15-year-old boy, right? Poor guy, and he's all life in his ear. He can't walk since he's born, okay? When you see him, you have major Rahmanut. How does he see himself? Do you think he sees himself the way you see him? The person who's sick, he doesn't even, it doesn't even bother him. Normally, in the cases, the people I have, what bothers them is it bothers you. <laughs> that it bothers you, that's what bothers them. But in most cases, they're, they, they're, they're okay with it. Hashem gave them the capacity to be okay with, with the, uh, what's called, what seems to be a quote-unquote deficiency in our eyes, then they're okay with it. When we see it, oh, he's missing an arm, oh, he's missing an eye, oh, poor going, you know, this and that, all these chesronot that we see as chesronot, but he was, before he even came down to this world, Hashem decided it should be boom, 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 like that, and that's his tikkun, that's how he's going to do his mission in life, Bezat Hashem. One thing Hashem doesn't touch is tzaddik in Russia. So again, the point is, that you shouldn't feel bad. Oh, I was born fat and chubby and this and I'm not skinny and I'm never going to lose weight and everyone makes me feel bad that I'm always big and husky and boom, boom, boom and Humpty Dumpty and it's not going to work out. Take it easy with bonus shalom. Someone told me something amazing this week. He said, the person who's in his head, he's always fat, even if he's really skinny, he, always thinks, he still thinks he's fat. He looks in the mirror, oh, you fat fat tub of lard, this and that, he begins to put himself down, but you look okay, Rebona Shalom. I ask anybody, you, you're overweight? No, it looks okay, it looks okay. So what's driving him nuts? It's like subconscious that, I, that how people tell him and this and that. This also is Amalek. All these feelings of setbacks and failures, this is Amalek. This is what's going to get wiped out this Shabbat Bezrat Hashem. But it's dependent on how much you prepare for this. Because again, the more you build up Haman Amalek to be bad, the bigger the fall, right? That says in the Midrash, 
that that uh, it's in the Targum also on, on Megillah Tester that Hashem said about Haman like the angels told Hashem destroy this guy already look all the bad he's doing he said no I want to wait him to go up 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 to the top of the of the of the, of the pole when he gets to the top then I want him to fall because I want him to have a Humpty Dumpty had a big fall I want him to really really fall all the way okay so that's how it is we let Haman Amalek accumulate. Yeah, bad, you're bad, you make me feel bad. Go ahead, more, more. Bring it out. Let's bring it all out, all out. And then, boom, on Shabbat Zachor, with the reading, Mitzvot Asedoraita, etc., it gets out of the system, so that we can feel the miracle of Purim without, un- unfaltered. In other words, any, without any external pressure from Haman Amalek and all the setbacks. This, Rabbeinu says, is the key for Pesach. The cherut of Pesach, which is so high, you need a lot of prerequisites to, to be zoche to feel Pesach. The main one is the simcha and Purim. If you have the simcha of Purim, then you have Pesach in your pocket, Bezat Hashem. You have the Kedusha and the, the Nochametz, all the things that Arizal speaks about, you have in your pocket, Bezat Hashem. Okay, so now I'm going to continue with where we left off last week. We started this amazing explanation of the the Megala Amukot son, Shlomo at age seven. <laughs> Unbelievable. So look here, see if Gimbal will start again from the beginning. We'll just go over it a little with the, the like I said, this Pasuk, you can spend a year on it. How deep, when Rabbeinu brings the proof, it's, it doesn't end. It doesn't end. It's unbelievable. So it says like this. And when a person does any mitzvah, right? He says, yes, koach ba mitzvah. We still have a question mark. How come he didn't say, Kishadam will say, eze mitzvah besimcha? He didn't say besimcha. It's like a big question mark. Because until now, that's all we're speaking about. The whole thing is simcha da mitzvah. Here he didn't even mention it. It's a good, a big question mark. Because the mitzvah itself, he doesn't have to say it anymore. It's, that's. No, it's asiyat mitzvah. Is the mitzvah. Mimela, it's simcha, you're saying. Okay, what did you want to say? I heard that there's multiple dargas in this lesson of simcha. And the, the Pashat level in the first one, that's the fact you got to do the mitzvah. And this is a higher level of simcha. It's and that this, this is, a, meaning it's not the same time. It's not that you have to do the mitzvah, but simcha. This is a simcha about having done the, about how the fact that the mitzvah brings kids to the world. Okay. The, okay. In other words, what the mitzvah is doing. Yeah. Okay. As Adam will say, Eze mitzvah, any mitzvah. Okay. And we said also it goes outside of the boundaries of davening because we said initially the idea of the Torah does that for the tefillah. And he says, Rabbeinu, this is for everything in, in any mitzvah. Any mitzvah you do. Yesh koach mitzvah, the strength in the mitzvah. Two things. Lelech, we said, to walk. To go and to arouse all the worlds to, to the service of Hashem. Bivchinat, okay, binareinu, biskeneinu, nelech. Moshe Ben was telling Paro, right? We're going to go over everybody. The Na'arim, the Zekenim, and he, does, and he skips the Pasuk we said, he skipped the middle. Bevanenu, Vnortenu, sons and children, our sheep and our cattle. So Rabbeinu is saying that this Pasuk is referring to the whole creation. Because the Arizal in Priyat Chaim, on his Kavanot to the Haggadah, whatever, he explains the Haggadah. So he brings this Pasuk to say, in this, in this Pasuk are hinted all the ten Sfirot. And all the parts of the creation. Na'arim is one thing, Zekenim, Ben, Bat, Sonu, Bakar. They all refer to parts of the whole creation. In these six, is two, four, six. Okay? They're all, they're, they're all encompassing of the entire creation. So this is Rabbeinu's proof that, that, that saying that the mitzvah goes to wake up. 
because the Pasuk was said in context of doing the mitzvah of the Korban, because what's Moshe Rabbeinu telling Paro? We're going to do the Korban for our, for our God, Hashem, okay? We have to go, all of us. So it's a mitzvah. So he's saying, we're going to all go to do this mitzvah. He's saying, Moshe Rabbeinu, Rabbeinu is showing in this Pasuk, that everything is woken up, all the levels, right? It, it goes to show you that also Paro is the antithesis of everybody getting aroused. Paro and Egypt is separating the Jews, it's dead. Everyone being separate. The, it, says, it says, right, in Parashat B'Shalach, that the Jews were spread out in Egypt, and, and Hashem made a miracle with the Kedaka, they all came to Sukkot, or Ramses, to leave, okay? So it says, clearly, Rashi says, the Jews were spread out throughout Goshen. They were in different places, they weren't all together. They were spread out. Paro, Paro is the antithesis of, of Achdut and getting everyone to wake up. Keep them sleeping, keep the Jews asleep, okay? So he's saying here, we're going to all go out together. And that, that's, he's saying that signifies getting to wake up all the worlds. As Arizal shows hinted in this Pasuk, I think he says, Naar is Mochin de Katlut, Zaken is Mochin de Gadlut. I forgot exactly the term, terminology. Bakar and Sod is Chesed, Gvura, Ben Ubat is Zeranpin, and Nukve, Nekeva is Malchut. He goes to show all the spirit are all automatically hinted to in, in this one Pasuk, meaning that everyone is, is woken up. And these ten spirit, they're found in all the four worlds. Atzilut, Bria, Yetzirah, has these ten spirit. So it's basically all the worlds. He said, Kola Olamot. Rabbeinu said, Kola Olamot. In general, there's four Olamot. In the four dimensions. Atzilut, Bria, Yetzirah, And they're made up, they consist of ten spirit. So by saying this Pasuk, hinting to all the ten spirit, so all the worlds, which are, made, which are made up of the ten spirit, are woken up to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Okay, and we went to that point of Arbe, Arbe being <coughs> the, the Mida Keneged Mida. He didn't want them out to do the mitzvah together, so he's punished with a swarm. The idea of a swarm, the whole panic of Arbe, was that as he saw the giant swarm coming to them, it's like Arov, like there's a lion here and the hippopotamus here, and the snake here, and they're coming from different corners, and you can hide. When they come in a swarm, and you see the whole sky being covered with arbe, it's like a chalishut adad, we're finished. Oh my God, it's like a rifyon. Because it's like a, a, everything. When arbe means harbe, arbe is like arbe, by the way. Harbe, arbe, etzaracha, okay? So the word arbe is because they're harbe, they come in a lot. And that was the midah kenegimit, to not let the Jewish people get to wake up the whole creation. So the punishment of Paro was Davka Makat Arbed, preventing that, okay? So we said also, remember, right? Why does it say twice Nelech? Do we explain? We explain Ki Chag Lanu. But Rav Shlomo, the son of the Megal Amukot, says, Bin Arenu Vizkenenu Nelech, right? We asked the question, why does it say twice Nelech? What's Bin Arenu Vizkenenu Nelech? And it is the middle of the Pasuk, which Rabbeinu skips. And then Betzoneinu Uvkarenu Nelech. Say one, say... Or say at the beginning, and it kind of just added refers to everything also. So the nelech nelech is referring to the upper and the lower worlds which are aroused. Naren uzkenenu is the upper worlds, believe it or not. Naar and zaken. Zaken is like arich anpin. These high kabbalistic terms of sfirot. Naar is smaller, but up up above. And sonu bakar the animalistic, the behemis, the lower levels. So, so they explain when there's a nelech with the tsonu bakar, meaning when the animals, people who are low, do halicha, do a mitzvah, do it, they go to do it, halicha, this awakes even the upper levels, the narim and the zekarim, okay? 
With all this he says now, Vezer Bechinat Malchut Malbish Netzach Hod Yesod Shem Klei Halicha. This, all this, oh, oh, is the idea of Malchut and clothing, dressing, Netzach Hod Yesod, which are in English, it's called the ambulatory organs. I hope you can say that hard word. Ambulatory organs are the section of the legs, the feet. Netzach corresponds to the right leg, hod is the left, and yesod is the reproductive organ, that's the whole leg area. Malchut is like the bottom of the feet. Our goal is now to lift up Malchut upwards. What are we trying to do here? What is this whole thing? Rabbeinu said, the mitzvah corresponds to Malchut. Okay? The mitzvah, mitzvah Malchut, Shechina, the Simcha of Israel, they're all one concept. There's even a few other items that we didn't mention, okay? Also Lev, to lift after Lev. <clears throat> when we start doing a mitzvah, the mitzvah is left in the klipot. This world, this world of Asiya, is the domain of the klipot. When any Jew does a mitzvah, what are you actually doing? You're actually elevating from the klipot the holy sparks connected to this mitzvah upwards. Okay? You now your goal is to bring it up, to go to on an upward. Uh, upward uh, f- f- thrust. But there's levels, there's levels. The first level, we said, is taking from the klipot, doing the mitzvah. When you do the mitzvah with joy, you are actually elevating malchut from the klipot. That was the initial stage. Rabbi Nachman's interpreting what the Arizal says, elevating malchut from the klipot, which he says is done by the ktoret. Okay, that's what ktoret does. The Arizal says the ktoret. Rabbi Nachman adds and says, this applies to the whole Torah. Whenever you do any mitzvah, with joy, it's like the Ktoret. Because joy is associated to the Ktoret. Ktoret is Ktoret brings Simcha. We went into that a lot, okay? When you do any mitzvah besimcha, it's actually activating the idea of the Ktoret. What does the Ktoret do? It releases the Kedusha trapped. Kedusha is also another word for Malchut and Mitzvah, that's another word, and Simcha. It releases what's trapped in this world, bringing it up. That's what a mitzvah does, okay? If you do a mitzvah with Atzvut and everything, it may go up, but it doesn't go up so high. What we need enough for the mitzvah to go up in order to propel a person to reach what's called the infinite light, we need that he, ha- he does the mitzvah b'simcha. It's very hard. It's very hard, it's not easy. person has to work on it, have to be zoche. doesn't come every day. Every day we don't put on tefillin b'simcha. It's true. We get up, we're, we're, we're out of routine. It's, it's really a lot of davening and energy is needed that the mitzvah get done but this is the, the, the initial, initial stage we spoke about doing mitzvah b'simcha is elevating the, the malchut from the klipot once the mitzvah has been elevated which is the idea of malchut being released in the klipot now this energy of the mitzvah of the kedusha, which is called malchut has now the ability to now continue going up and waking up the whole creation back to Hashem. Okay? Now, like we said last time, you may think this happens automatically. It doesn't. You need again simcha for that. You need simcha. We went into last week, right? You need simcha. And Rav Rosen hints that the level of simcha now is the simcha of dancing and clapping your hands, being happy that you're doing mitzvot, being happy that you're connected to Hashem. The idea of dancing, clapping your hands, l'tzorach mitzvah, Okay, in order to get in a happy mood on your Yiddishkeit, this simcha of clapping and moving the legs is what helps to boost the malchut up to netzach Because the klipa again is not just like this initial klipa and that's it. 
every stage is a new klipa. So the first klipa was taking the mitzvah out of the klipa. That was already a big work. Wow. That's doing the mitzvah of the simcha. Now I want the mitzvah to wake up the whole creation. And now a klipa again to make you heavy <coughs> and drained. Now that you freed the mitzvot from the klipot, doing them now that has a thrust to wake up everyone and everything around you, okay? That requires an extra push of simcha now, Rav Nosen writes. And it seems this is the, the simcha generated by clapping and dancing. That's why you need to clap and dance also, to get moving, to get the mitzvah moving now. <laughs> that sounds like from the klipa. <laughs> It sounds like from the Klippa. That was from the Klippa, you know. Taruk time, exactly. Okay. If now you succeed in getting the Malchut to get everything moving, so this, Rabbeinu says, is what's called Malchut dresses Netzachot Yesod. What's the idea of dressing? This is a bit deep. This is a bit of Kabbalah. <coughs> How it works in the, in the Sfirot. You see, there's 10 Sfirot. Okay? Our goal is that they reconnect. They're separate. There's 10 levels, 10 spirit. There's Chesed, Chochmah, Bina, Dat. Right now, I'll show you the map again. Here we go to that famous map once again. So you have here, right? 10 spirit. 10 Keters above. So you have here 10 without Keter. Chochmah, Bina, Dat, Chesed, Gvua, Tiferet, Netzachot, Yesod, Malchut. Okay? They're separate. You see, they're separate also. They're lined up here. Our goal is to reunite them. Even though they are connected, like we said, when Hashem created the second time, He created the world, He made it that the Sfirot were interactive, so that when Hashem sent the light into them, they didn't crash. There was no Shvat HaKelim, there was no shattering like in the initial time when they weren't connected. Okay? Here they are connected, so when each receive their light, they can handle it. Fine. They have what joins them when becoming who they are. In other words, in order for Netzach to become Netzach, he needs the assistance of the other Sfirot to help him to receive his light. Fine. So the intention of the Sfirot is to become an entity. Yes, okay. They needed interaction. Our goal is to reunite them from down back to up. That Malchut should reconnect the Netzach, should go up, really, and become a garment to Netzach Chod Yesod. And the Netzach Chod Yesod should become a garment. We'll explain what the garment is. And then Chesed Gvur Tiferet should become a garment to Chochma Bin Adat. When all that's done, then the Chochma Bin Adat is ready to, ready to approach the Keter. We, our goal, he said at the beginning of the lesson, is to perceive the Orient Sof. The nature of every Jew is to want to run after the pursuit of the infinite light. He's saying this is how it works. This is, the, this is the process now. If you want to really maximize it, you have to go upwards. You want to be Bisimcha? It starts with, do, you, know, do you want to perceive Hashem? Because that's, that's the tendency of every Jew. The reason why people feel empty is because it's a lack of feeling Hashem in their life. The lack of feeling Hashem in your life is basically a lack of the orient self in your life. That's what it is. On a practical term, when you feel empty, ah, I don't want to get up, I'm out of it. You're, you're, you feel so out of it. You don't want to do anything. and You don't want to just, you just waste it. So you want to sit down and play a Game Boy all day and do nothing because you're just out of it. Your brain is fried. I have no cheshek to learn Gemara. I have no, why, why am I wasting my time? It's just so, I'm just so out of it, right? This is because there's a lack of or ain't so in a person's life. A Jew cannot live without light. It's a fact. A Yid can't just live in the Choshech. When you have a Jew who's in the Choshech, it's because he's built in light that's made it that he can handle the Choshech. There was a story in the time of the KGB, the Soviets, whatever, 
they took a Jew to Siberia, they put him in a room, and on the wall of the room, there was a big like a grinder for grinding wheat. And he didn't see what's on the other side of the room. It's like a wall, and there was a grinder. They said to him, this is your job, you're going to be grinding and grinding and grinding. And they told him all along that you're grinding wheat for the whole Soviet Union. You're, you're, you're now grinding wheat, tochen kemach, and this is going out to everybody, okay? He was able, and they kept on telling him, you don't know how good you're saving people's lives and you're making people who are, who are dying from famine, you know, to have, to have bread and everything. For 10 years, he had, he had like a, or even more. And every day from morning to evening, what gave him the push in his misery is that this is going for something useful. useful. And when he was able to leave, he asked to see the other side of the room. They showed him the other side of the room and there was nothing there. You hear that? For 20 years, he was grinding for nothing. It was exercising. What kept him going is the light. There's a light that there's, this, is, this is for something. This is, there's a purpose in this, what I'm doing, okay? He, he cracked afterwards, obviously. You know, he had a, it was so painful that, you know, I'm wasting 20 years. And he told me that I'm grinding and grinding and it's going to feed people, starving people, everything. And then it was for nothing. It was just, just to keep him busy, whatever, okay? But this is how it is for everybody. For, to get a person to keep on going, he needs a light. There has to be it. So how do we let it in? That's the whole lesson here. Simchat mitzvah is how you bring in the light to your life. What is Simchat mitzvah? You wake up at 10 in the morning, okay? How's your, how's your davening going to look like at 10 in the morning? Eh, from late, forget it. So your davening is blah, 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 swallowing up the words, okay? And your attitude is that Hashem doesn't want this davening, has no value. Let me just do it, let's set it to I just want to do my, my, my obligation to daven, okay? If you realize, though, that Hashem coordinated this to happen, and your goal now is to do this mitzvah of davening at 10 in the morning with the same simcha of the guy who's able to get up on time and he feels good about himself. I woke up before nets, I woke up at chatzot, and I'm able to go, I'm able to prepare myself before the davening and everything's organized. A guy feels good about himself. Oh, yeah, everything's good. Structure, you know, accomplishment. I'm on time and this and that. And he has a simcha and doing, I'm going to do everything properly. I, can, I, I have now the keli, the vessel, that now I can daven with kavanah and besimcha because I woke up on time. I came way before that, way, way early. So that, okay? So now, Hashem set up that the guy didn't wake up at five, whatever, four in the morning, whatever. And the Yetzirah Amalek blames himself. It's your fault. It's your fault. You went to bed late and this, and you watched the TV program. You're schmoozing with 10 people until five in the morning. And you went to sleep only at five or six in the morning, and then you wake up at 10, okay? So the, the Baldavar, Haman Amalek, makes you feel bad. Yeah, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. So therefore, you have every right to do the mitzvah like Tisha B'Av, not to do the mitzvah B'Simcha, to do it, mamash, okay? That, that's what happens a lot. It happens not once, twice. It happens a lot, okay? Is What's the test? Only by, by 10 o'clock, or even if it's 12. Well. <laughs> yeah, because that's very short. You said from 6 to 10. That's only 4 hours. <laughs> Allah says, if now you woke up after Chatzot, you miss Shachari, you daven mincha twice. Period. No Hasidic twists. <laughs> you have, you have, until Chatzot Yom, you miss, even, even Chatzot Yom is a, a leniency, because you have Sov's Mantvila, two of them. And in Chazal today, they allow you until Chatzot Yom. If you miss Shacharit, and you're davening Shacharit at two in the afternoon, it's a prohibition against the Shulchan Aruch. You have to do it twice. Yeah. Once of no sin saw. What? That's why you have to, you have to check when, you see, when most things said in the name of the Baal Shem Tov were given over between the fourth and fifth cup. 
You have to make sure that what you heard is, tr- is true from the Baal Shem Tov, because many people say things named the Baal Shem Tov and it's Lo'ayumeolam, uh, okay? Rav Nosen once saw a chassid davening shacharit with such simcha and itlavut, but it two in the afternoon. So Rav Nosen says it's like having a beautiful etrog for Hanukkah. Okay? <laughs> That's also something special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, now, a person who wakes up late, a person who wakes up late, he feels guilty that he missed Shacharis. That's why he's not having Shacharis. But the person who's happy about a situation will say, okay, I'm going to dive in Mincha twice. That's great. Okay? Wow. You hear that? Exactly. The person feels guilty. That's why he's trying to get up the Shacharis after, after Chatzad Yom because he feels guilty. Okay? The thing is, to follow Shulchan Aruch, I missed it, I missed it. Yeah, but it's your fault. Your fault. Haman Amalek. It's your fault. You were up late. You did it. You ate the wrong things at the wedding, and now you have a heartburn and that, and the chalent, everything. You can't wake up and everything. And all that stuff. Okay? That's Haman Amalek, who tells you it's your fault. The goal is to be besimcha, no matter what scenario. Hashem put me in this situation. You can say what you want to say. You did it, did it. But at the end of the day, Hashem designed it. How can I connect to Hashem now? By believing this is what Hashem wants of me right now, and Hashem loves me, and I want Hashem wants my tefillin at 10 in the morning, 11 in the morning, as long as before Chatzot Yom, still, whatever. Tefillin and Shachar, I'm talking about. You can wear tefillin even afterwards and, uh, and be happy about it, okay? Hashem wants me to do the mitzvah besimcha. This is what's a killer. Most people have this as the biggest difficulty. They say what I'm doing doesn't count because it's out of the ball game. Guilt, guilt, guilt because of Haman Amalek accomplishment mentality attitude even in Judaism which is wrong that's Amman Amalek doesn't allow you to be happy in your mitzvah even if it's 10 in the morning 11 in the morning it makes you feel bad so okay it's just Davin Chaparan it's late it's late it's late it's late it's a big Nisayon Hashem is waiting for the opportunity that you can do it and be happy that's, that's what's hard again the accomplishment mentality this is Haman Amalek this is what he's attacking so what we need just to go back Sikum to elevate the clipboard to the, to the, uh, the, the, from the clipboard to the Malchut, Malchut to Netzachot. So we didn't really go into the dressing. It's going to take a whole class. Maybe we'll leave it for next week's visit to show. Or next week's last class. We'll, last, we'll go to that. Last class, what do you mean? Because we have Ben Azmani, no? Yeah, one, one more. What do you mean? Ben Azmani starts to stretch the Shemitah. Not by him. <laughs> 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 All right, but we, it was. It was clear, the year was clear, Baruch Hashem. So we should be zochet, mekayim, and to be mochez, zecher, emalek, the gamre, and to be happy about who I am. And with this happiness, no matter what situation I do the mitzvot, like he says, when you do eze mitzvah, that's what it means, eze mitzvah. Keshadam will say eze mitzvah, we said in the beginning, right? Keshadam will say eze mitzvah, even if it's davening shachras at 10, 11 in the morning, eze mitzvah. It's a mitzvah though. If it wasn't a mitzvah, you wouldn't be doing it. Why are you putting on tefillin at 10 if it's on a mitzvah? So you're so negative, so don't put on tefillin if it, you don't think it counts. Ah, you're, you're doing it because half-half. It's not half-half. You go all the way. Hashem wants you to go all the way. That this is a 100% mitzvah. Yeah, but it's a 10 in the morning. No minyan. I'm definitely by myself and, and, and this and, and, and rushing and I have to hurry up for this and that. It's a mitzvah, mister. Uh, yeah. So you do it all the way, mitzvah. Like a lechatchila. Your simcha on the mitzvah is like lechatchila, okay? This is Haman Amalek who doesn't let you feel that. This is what we're looking to blot out. This is what we need badly to get out of our way. And with that out of the way, you can be happy even with Purim no matter what happens. Whether you get drunk, 
you don't get drunk, whether you dance as, as much as you want it or not, whether you ate, whatever, it didn't work out. Also, the poem is to teach you to be happy, whatever the situation is.